Welcome to another edition of the Official Catch-Up Podcast. Uh, it's the first week of the new season in the West, the East the, and the South. Uh, and I'm joined by Chris, as always. Chris, how you doing? Yeah, good, good. Uh, still hot weather-wise. I was absolutely beetroot uh, walking um, to strollers yesterday. I, I usually walk down to Ainsley Park from Haymarket, but strollers is not kind of a bit more of a distance so i probably underestimated the the old fitness from uh from lockdown i'm certainly not as fit as i used to be um so i it took me about an hour to get there and i was oh god i was absolutely beat right so as soon as i got the strollers i had a couple of peroni and um i was good i was good after that <laughs> have you got a shift in the farm with that shot on today <laughs> I, I do feel like when I put this on, actually, I do feel like I was kind of like, oh, people think I'll be going to fucking church or something, eh? but no. Um, no. <laughs> you obviously haven't had a camera for a while, but I didn't really know what your, your dress, dress sense was like, but certainly that is a shot that I would expect from my father. <laughs> Here's me. I feel quite casual in my, my New Balance t-shirt with you and your shirt. I feel like I should go away and get changed and put like a nice nice polo shirt on or something to, to, to dress up for the occasion. I'll never wear a shirt on this programme again if I'm getting slacked off like that. Right, well, <laughs> what do you expect? Mozza gets it for his hat, so... Um, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, fire away. If there's ever anything you want to slack me off, then I'm, I'm fair game. I always say that in any situation. I am fair game. Okay, so um, it was the, the second week of the Lone League and the first week of the uh, the West, the East and the South. Right, tiers uh, 6, 7... Eight, nine, and ten—I think it is. I think we had um, obviously you've got that development division in, in the west of Scotland. But uh, we'll start off with the Lowland League. Just run through the scores in, in general. Uh, Bet Rangers beat uh, Gretna three-two. Uh, Cali Braves lost two-nil to, to Bonnes. Simple Silver Strollers beat Open Goldburn Hill three-one. Um, County Beath lost to Galfrey Dean Rovers two-one. Uh, Rangers B defeated Cumbernauld Colts six-three. East Kilbride uh, beat Hartsby 4-1. Edinburgh University drew. East Stirlingshire won each. Uh, the Spartans drew two each with Celtic B. And University of Stirling beat WT Star 5-0. Where we start then, Chris? Uh, it looks like a good result for, for Bonnes against um, Cali Braves. They've started quite well. Yeah, I put that as the game of the week because they were both sort of in form. They were both undefeated going into the game. Kind of been a wee bit impressed with, with how Bonnes have started in Caledonian Braves. I think... In terms of bonus, a lot of people might say that they've they've not had the hard start or they've not played, you know, one of the top teams. But I mean, not to concede in three games uh, and come away with maximum points, nine points out of three. Um, yeah, fair play. I mean, you can, it's like the old saying: you can only beat who's in front of you. If they ha- if they do get a wee bit of momentum going, uh, it's good for them. I probably underestimated them a wee bit this season, actually. When I, I mean, it's easy to say that when they're sitting top of the league after three games, but. We'll see how it goes, obviously, when we get further into the season. But I think, uh, you know, I read somewhere Max Max Christie was saying that he, he kind of wants to be under the radar. And, you know, obviously we, we got on this show and it doesn't go unnoticed by us. So I'm sorry, Max. For uh... No, I think Bonus are are uh, doing really well. You know, Jamie McCormack got his hat-trick against Edinburgh Uni. So that's, you know, that's brilliant. The, the, the big man in goals, Musa uh, Debaga and Jamie, obviously, were in the, the team of the month. You know, defensively, and obviously Jamie McCormack getting a hat trick's pretty rare. Um, but yeah, I think they've actually got a solid team. It's just when they play the bigger teams, they need a wee bit of a belief about them. They need to actually 
go out. You know, I think there's plenty of teams in this league that you think they could probably get results against. You know, your East Colbriggs, your Spartans, your Open Goal Broomhills. But sometimes there is a wee bit of a lack of belief there. Like, are we actually better than them? I think if you're a football team, doesn't matter what. You know, you have to go out thinking you're going to win every game. Um, you know, it's sometimes hard to do that if you're up against um, a, a real quality side. But so, um, yeah, a bit of momentum, and it'll be interesting to see when they do come a, come against a, a top side in the league. Yeah, I think for me, I think certainly um, bonus certainly totally flew under the radar as far as I was concerned. Uh, I hadn't quite realised how well he started in terms of obviously not losing a goal and obviously now sitting top of the league and, and looked like they're obviously they're coming out of a bit of form and I think especially at the start of the season it's important to get that form because you can't win a league um, at the start of the season but certainly you could potentially lose it um, early doors if you if you lose a few games and you kind of get behind the A-ball a bit so I think for me Bonnets look good at again Cali Braves probably were quite surprised with their start as well I probably had them way down the table um, if I was going to write the table out from one to one nineteen before a ball was kicked and probably had Cali Braves quite low but um, certainly doing okay in, in terms of the lone league just now so um, and I, I like what Cali Braves do I think obviously we talk about kind of new clubs and how they how they're set up and um, you get a lot of the football snobs that probably don't like a team like Cali Braves because they're different and they want to do things a totally different way to, to everyone else but I think for me I always like to see Cali Braves do well because they are different they are trying to do things um, a bit progressive and a bit a bit new um, so, so fair play to them yeah, I, I agree. I agree fully. Um, probably similar to yourself. I think they had a really good season last season compared to um, where I thought they would be again. So if they can do that, you know, they they've got they brought uh, brought back Ross McNeil, who's obviously a big goal scorer uh, previously in the league. Can, we obviously know what he can do in terms of um, getting goals. One one guy we probably have to kind of highlight was Luke Main, who was in there again, was in the, the team of the month. Young midfielder, kind of going under the radar a wee bit, doing all the dirty work, but you know people have been raving about him being being sort of one of their key guys. So it's good, and obviously you know we mentioned we've mentioned Jamie Walker loads as well, but he's solid as well. Scott Forrester in the middle, uh, Mark Kelly out wide. I mean, Cali Braves have a good team. It's just um, sometimes you do wonder. I mean, there's a, too many, there's a lot of good teams in this league, and and it's we talk about Bonnes being undefeated. I think what they're only one of two or three now that are undefeated so far so I think that's going to be the the way the league a way of probably a lot of leagues this season where you're not going to have too many undefeated teams even you know three four games in. Is there a danger for a team like though Cali Braves do you think where their good players could potentially get snapped up by a team say for example a team in the west who um, at the top end of the west or a rival um, lowland league team who are fighting at the top of the league towards the middle of the season where maybe a team are maybe struggling to get players in and they need maybe a bit more depth and, and those kind of players like Cali Braves are the kind of guys that you could see maybe moving on Yeah well I know for a fact um, you know obviously I'm not going to grass anyone but uh, I know there was a few sort of West teams looking at Jamie Walker um, for, a, for a player that's still there Ross McNeil obviously went to the West uh, and came back so I think it depends I mean a lot of the especially from the younger players, the mentality is they probably want to move up more than move down um, in terms of the levels. I know that was, you know, one of the boys that was at the Braves previously, that that was his feeling. I mean, it would be great playing for, you know, Auckland like Talbot or Kilwinning Rangers or a team that 
in the West that could probably potentially go out and win things. But I think some of the younger guys have have it career focused where they probably would go and play for maybe a you know a, a League Two or a League One team over over a West of Scotland team, and it makes sense. I mean, but people, I think players, I think it's an, it based on individual players and what what their um, you know what their needs are, especially if you know they're travelling. If they're like you say, I think Cal- Cali Braves are a, one of the weirder ones because they are kind of in the West. So you're probably right in the sense that there are a few players. Certainly, you look at the Braves and think, well, most of their players are probably West based and would probably move to a West of Scotland team. But I think in terms of the younger players, you, they're probably looking to to get moves into the SPFL. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. <clears throat> certainly, I think if you see some of the guys maybe who've played Lowland last year who moved to the the West this year certainly um, have kind of said that about how maybe find that playing some of these um, Lowland uh, league teams is it's a bit lack lacks of atmosphere. It's maybe not as feels like a, although although it is kind of higher up the division certainly in terms of the tiers, um, it's maybe not quite the same as playing uh, week to week um, in the West. So yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I think for if I if I, if I'm obviously not a manager of a West of Scotland team, but certainly if you're a if you're a West of Scotland manager. You should be keeping an eye on, the, on those kind of players, certainly, to see what you can pick up if you are looking to get something different. Because at the end of the day, if you're in the West or you're in the East, you're going to be fighting against the teams um, in the league to get the same players from that league anyway. So um, if you can maybe think outside the box and, and get to a team like like Cali Braves or, um, for example, like of another team, Cumbernauld Colts, that maybe, maybe have kind of one or two star players that, that are probably... The, the best player on their team, then it's, it's a good opportunity certainly for them to 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 get uh, a decent a decent signing. But um, Chris, you were at um, several several strolls. We mentioned that just there uh, at the start of the podcast against Open Open Goal Broomhill. First defeat for for um, Moss's Open Goal Broomhill three one to to several several strolls. How was the game? Yeah, it was good. You know, apart from as I mentioned, an absolute trek getting there, um, and obviously being absolutely beat route and Scott Rail, uh, not wanting to talk about them too much. But yeah, I'm not a fan of Scott Rail on a Saturday, to be honest. But yeah, uh, the game, um, it was an it was a really strange game. It felt quite passive. Obviously, I mentioned that on on Twitter. I felt it was kind of like I didn't have a tempo. I don't know if it was just a it was almost um, like both of the teams at the beginning were kind of trying to figure each other out, but they were, I mean, it wasn't even like a pre-season sort of feel about it. It was kind of like just people going about kicking <laughs> kicking the ball or whatever. It just didn't feel like there was any sort of penetration by any team in the, the sort of final third. They were quite happy just to sort of kick it about and um, very, very kind of passive. But, I mean, that's not to to take any away for the players' efforts. But yeah, uh, Broomhill did take the lead through uh, Kirk Broadfoot and Heathers. Um, I, see, I, there was quite a wee bit of a debate of whether one of the, like either you know a, a civil defender or Mark White might have got the final touch, but I think we'll happily give it to Broadfoot in that, that instance. Um, but Broomhill, um, it was just... It didn't even feel like civil were really in it. You know when they were when Broomhill were ahead, but kind of a miscommunication between the the Broomhill keeper and and one of the defenders and and Robbie Cole just got in between them, equalised for strollers. Uh, going into the the sort of second half, you kind of felt that whoever sort of took you know took the game by the scruff of the neck would go on and win it, and it it, it was really strollers. Um, Lewis Kennedy, who 
we obviously know he was he was at Stirling Uni for many years. I actually just to, to comment a wee bit on Lewis Kennedy. Um, I was actually a wee bit surprised when he, you know, when Strollers announced his signing. I think Lewis, technically, um, as you would imagine, is really a really good footballer. As you would, you know, coming from Stirling Uni, I mean, it's not, um, it's it's you know what they tend to focus on. But obviously, he's a smaller player. He's he's probably less physical, but. Yeah, um, the more I f- f- kind of think about it, it's absolutely perfect for for um, Civil because I think Gary Jordan uh, kind of used to be that uh, he used to kind of play a free role, but now, as I call it, in the last sort of few years, he's playing with tricky wingers and certainly um, Robbie Cole and uh, Ennis Lawson and Lewis Kennedy are these sort of players that can cause issues um, when they're cutting inside or they're crossing balls. And um, Lewis Kennedy kind of cut inside, you know, really good finish, really kind of curled it, absolutely, really peach of a goal, to be honest. Uh, and uh, that kind of gives Strollers the lead. And Broomhill were kind of pushing towards the end of the game, and you kind of felt when they put Kirk Broadfoot up front, um, it was probably do or die for them. And unfortunately for them, it was, you know, it, it allowed uh, Strollers to, to get another goal as Ennis Lawson sort of um, broke away on the sort of counter, um, kind of put into Alufe, and obviously that was three-one strollers. Strollers very deserving of the victory. Um, open goal, you know, like I, I said, I think they have a lot of quality. It's hard to, you know, it's you can't deny it. But they just need that. I don't know what it was. I mean, there were certainly guys like Brogue Watson that, that impressed me, but it, it was very straight. As I said, it was a strange game. I certainly think Broomhill, you know, have played better from what I've seen in terms of their highlights and and whatnot. Um, I don't think Sai Ferry will be happy. You know, obviously I've spoke to George and Moza. Um, I think they're off the the agreement that it was just a, a bit of a you know bad day at the office for them. Um, but yeah, uh, j- just a wee comment on that. Obviously, I was kind of beside Mo- uh, Moza and K- Kevin Kyle. I didn't really get introduced to to Kevin Kyle because obviously Moza and him were sure. doing his own. They were they were kind of doing their own thing, but uh, I must admit I kind of friends now. That's terrible, isn't it? I was kind of shocking. I'm sure I'm sure Kevin Kyle knows who I am now, but <laughs> I'm sure he was told. But um, but uh, I I actually really enjoyed the, uh, their their mini commentary that I was getting at the side of my ear. Um, Kevin Kyle, in fairness, um, he was giving a lot of credit to the Strollers players. You know, Robbie Cole in particular, and um. Who were I couldn't separate him or Lewis Kennedy for man of the match because they were both good. As I say, the the tricky wingers, as I as I as I call them. I know Robbie Cole's not really a winger as such, but he's a he's a a forward. But I yeah, I actually enjoyed it. He made a reference um, about the Demogorgons and Stranger Things, which obviously gave a can't remember what he was comparing it to, but everyone obviously had a, had a bit of a laugh like that. So um, yeah, I'm a bit of a Kevin Kyle fan on commentary. I've not heard too much, but I'll certainly listen out more. Um, Bit of banner between him and Moza, so I enjoyed getting that wee side side uh, commentary when I was watching the game. But um, a different, no, a look, different, a different view of the game, isn't it? And listening to somebody talk through the game. How, but the question is, how many players' names did Kevin Kell get wrong? Because he loves to get their name wrong. He was he was all right, I think that I heard anyway. Um, obviously, like I said about sort of lack of knowledge in non-league, he, you know, he, he probably didn't know a lot of the civil players. Like I think he obviously knew. I think. Conrad Balatoni and stuff like that, but you know, I, I think the, the more the season goes on, he'll obviously get yeah, better and he'll remember players. Um, 
Yeah, it wasn't a knock on his knowledge last week in terms of football. Obviously, he's a, you know he's a, been a player at the, the top level in Scotland, so that would be a bit foolish. But now nah, I think it will come. Um, Jamie Semple was an interesting one actually because we talked about Jamie Semple. I actually didn't think he would be there. I don't think he. I didn't think he would stick to the centre and actually be like an out and out striker. I thought he could maybe drift wide as well, but he seems like he's probably going to be their main their main striker. And I thought we mentioned last week. I felt they were kind of lacking in that department. But Jamie Semple, you know, he's a he's a top player, so I think they'll be all right now. So um, yeah, did the. They brought in a, a boy from St. Morton just before was it Friday, was it Friday, Thursday? Uh, Josh Gemmel, I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think for me, you maybe find it that obviously with, with Sai and, and Kev's contacts, etc., there's probably an opportunity there to get some guys in on loan from, from kind of higher up the leagues that they maybe see once teams know what they're doing with their squads properly and um, maybe see some guys kind of moving out and, and with those kind of guys involved in the, in the coaching and Things like that, you might see that, for example, I think obviously size also well connected himself, but obviously that open goal thing helps probably that as well and gives the players exposure and it puts them under a bit of pressure because I think you'll probably find that as well, you, you would think that as the season goes on, that, that the more people come in to watch Bowling Goal, what was the crowd like in, on Saturday? Was it... it wasn't too bad. It was, um, I think. Hearts being at home probably affected it. Obviously, being a, an Edinburgh team, you several would probably expect a few more more fans. Um, there was there was a few people with like Hibs tops on and stuff, so you would expect if they were at home, it might be a similar yeah, yeah, yeah. story. But I, I think that's common. I think across our level, I think we noticed that yesterday. Obviously, the Buffs were, were away to um, up in Meadow and obviously Rangers were playing uh, the early kick-off and Comalnock had their flag day for the championship, the championship um, flag. So, uh, unveiling, so I think it was about 8,000 at Rugby Park yesterday. So, um, probably looking around Meadow Park, it was quite quite quiet in, in normal sense um, of a, of a Meadow Buffs um, kind of derby match. I think even if you looked at probably the friendly we played them, I say the friendly, the Eglinton Cup match we played against them a few weeks back, it was probably just as busy, or if not busier. Um, but you probably see that impact, and I think we can probably touch on it um, just now. But you've maybe seen a lot more teams. Kind of wanting to move to Friday nights. I think obviously Broomhill are a team that are kind of looking at that as an option. Um, yep. I think that makes a lot of sense for, for, for this level of football because, as you say, like if you are up against a, a Hearts or Hibs, if you're in the, in the East, or if you're Rangers or Celtic, Kilmarnock and, and like Ayrshire, for example, or in Glasgow, maybe Motherwell or St Mirren or these kind of teams, and then you need to try and do something different to try and get more fans in, in, the, in the grounds. And, um, if you've got obviously floodlights, which you should have it at tier six or most to tier six and uh, tier five, then I think it's a no-brainer for me. Certainly, when um, we as a club at, at Cowan, we're, we're keen to do that, and I think we've talked to, to a few teams already this year and, and got some games switched to to play um, on the Friday night. Uh, one being the Darvel game that we've got a couple of weeks time has moved to Friday night, and that suits both teams. It's away Darvel, but they've got the floodlights, they've got the big ground, and nobody else is playing that night, so you maybe get a bigger crowd, a bigger gate, and better atmosphere, so I think that's a, that's a smart move, for, for certainly for, for low-only teams. Yeah, well, funny enough, it was actually, I did kind of overhear Kevin, Kevin uh, Kyle mention that, that I think Broomhill, that was the initial plan, obviously, playing Friday nights, um, there would be probably less interruption with, for example, Cumbernauld Colts, who they've had um, <laughs> a bit of a 
a strained relationship uh, to to start things as we know. But um, yeah, I think Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Well, I was going to say Edinburgh City. There, it's what FC Edinburgh now. Um, their their idea of Meadowbank was obviously playing on a Friday. Leaf Athletic play at Meadowbank too, so probably, I don't know if it would be less disrupt, disruption for them on a if they wanted to play a Saturday, for example. But um, I think that Friday, I think you're right. I think Friday nights are kind of ideal, and especially if, like, say you're a FC Edinburgh. It's hard saying that, by the way. That's ridiculous. But um, you know, you, you can get a crowd there on a Friday. Hearts, Hibs, whoever's playing on a Saturday, or you might be lucky and you know get a few of the the SPFL. Um, Prem fans coming coming to your game on the Friday and then going to wherever on a Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think I think obviously if you're trying to to pitch it to fans as well, you try to pitch it maybe like more of a a kind of night out atmosphere rather than maybe like almost like come and watch your team. Obviously, you're going to have your hardcore element of fans who who watch you play Friday night, Saturday night, Tuesday night. Doesn't matter when you're playing, they'll come and watch your team. But you probably want to try and attract that. Maybe not the neutral as such, but I can think of the probably a couple of hundred people in Cowinning that, for example, will go and watch their big team, if you like, um, or are kind of maybe passive football fans and they've got nothing to do on a Friday night. They'll come down and get a few beers, walk up the road, go to the pub after or whatever, and have a, a Friday night out. And, and that's that's what you can do, especially if you've got a kind of set up with a social club and things like that. A lot of the, um, a lot of these teams do. I, I, I don't know enough about the lower league. Um, ground certainly to, to know if that's a possibility for a lot of the teams um, there but certainly if you look at the West and probably your traditional junior kind of East of Scotland teams and um, you'll have those setups with the social clubs attached to the grounds and you can get a pint at half time and I think that probably leads on to something that I've been thinking about quite recently is about drinking at football I think you see obviously you're not allowed to drink during the match but I find it really odd that that's still like still a rule when like especially at the lower levels and I think to grow the game or grow the game to grow the, the fan base is maybe something that that maybe the the government can have a think about and start um, start looking at even on a trial basis because I think it would it would make a big difference to the to the the fan base and obviously trying to make sure these clubs can survive and because um, let's face it they all probably route it all back to trouble at football grounds but let's be honest. Doesn't really, really matter. Like to me, to me, or not to me, that to the, the way that people behave, you're still going to drink anyway before it or after yeah. it and things like that. And if you can maybe get a, a pint in the uh, during the game, you'll maybe have a couple of pints during the first half, a couple of pints during the second half, and things like that. It'll just be done a different way rather than probably drinking two pints at half time and two pints before it and two pints after it. Um, so I would like to see something from the government to maybe try and start to trial that and certainly our levels of football and, and maybe see if we can help kind of grow that on a bit. We had a we had obviously put out a poll kind of asking whether non-league games are more appealing to SPFL games because the fact that you have your social clubs, you can drink during games. Uh, I honestly think it's a pipe dream. I mean, we can't even get, you know, people drinking on trade. Well, people do their ass off, you people drinking on trains yesterday but it's you know it's not meant to happen and it's similar with football you know you'll get your bottle of bucky and your jacket or whatever and kind of sip on it uh, when the when the stewards are not looking or whatever eh? but um i think it's a pipe dream i don't think the scottish government will ever let that happen or even trial it i just i mean people drink at football anyway i mean to me it, i'm 
I think it was uh, around 300 or 400 people that voted and they did about 70% of them said, you know, it would be more appealing to go to a non-league game because I can drink. But, I mean, if I'm going to, you know, a, a, you know an SPFL game, I'll probably go to a pub before uh, before it or I'll be in, a, you know, the city centre or whatever and drinking before it anyway or per, per, perhaps after. Whether I can drink at the football you know, if I'm five minutes, ten minutes away from a pub, doesn't really bother me. I mean, that's maybe shocking for people to hear, but honestly, you know, I had a couple of Peroni strollers yesterday, but I mean, it's not a, you know, I go to football because I like football and not to, you know. Yeah, I mean, obviously from our perspective, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not a drinker at all. I'm Tito always have been, but I think from from a club perspective, I, I see the benefits of it, and, and as you say, people are going to drink anyway. I think you probably find that if somebody, if you're able to drink during the game, you probably just yeah. drink the same amount of, uh, you were going to drink anyway. You probably just drink your pints during the match, and rather than at half time. I, I mean, I see people games. people do that. People literally just go. Um, there was a, certainly a few people up at sort of Kelly Hearts that sometimes they would just stay like it was just a social thing for them. They would just go up to the social club probably not watch much of the game and then just you know it's probably the older generation where uh you know they come out and hear that there's a goal being scored or they they hear something but other than that they're just there to to chat and you know have a have drink a with their time, pals yeah. yeah maybe we have to start the campaign chris maybe we have to start the official catch-up um bevy at football campaign maybe that could be the, maybe uh, maybe a, a better name a more sort of a more palatable name for the the decision sure. makers came off the top of my head um <laughs> that was a bit of a digression from um the, the football that we have uh within the lowland league so um i don't really know how i got into that to be fair but um <laughs> it was something that's on my mind so i thought i'd bring it up anyway um looking elsewhere then in the lowland league um we mentioned uh we've talked about school by the way there quite a bit this season, beat uh, Hearts B 4-1. Um, don't really know much about Hearts B, to be honest, but um, fairly convincing victory for East Coast Yeah, I think the biggest sort of shock probably from opening day was them being Berwick Rangers 6-0. Obviously, uh, Ran- uh, Berwick Rangers had Jamie Piper sent off as a, you know, a key defender for them. But the, the more I've kind of seen the results, so the more I think that was just a one-off. We might even mention that, actually, um, that I think it was probably just a a kind of, I don't know, yeah, but just a one-off result, really. Um, not not to say that Hartsby don't have uh, really good players. Obviously, we mentioned the likes of Connor Smith, who's probably looking to to be getting in amongst the the first team in the future. So, um, East Hall Bride are a quality side. You know, what I mean, I mean, it's 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 tough for these B teams sometimes, especially. I always feel on the the sort of physical end of the game. Um, certainly. Feel maybe Celtic B are kind of similar, um, where I think they find it harder against the physical sides. Certainly, that was the case last season. Um, from what I saw, East Kilbride, they had you know they 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 had a blip against Rangers B, but they they're back they're they're back on track again. One thing I probably that that annoyed Sai Ferry losing to Civil Service Strollers. They're coming into that East Kilbride game, and East Kilbride will be right back right up for that, and it probably. It's not ideal to go into the, you know, playing a, a top side after a after a tough loss. Um, and East Kilbride, Neil McLaughlin. I was thinking I've probably I probably made a mistake with my team of the season last year because he probably should have been in it. Neil McLaughlin's obviously a quality player. He, he made the the team of the month this. But then again, I, I think 
you know, guys like Connor Doan and um, Finlay Gray, obviously, they, they had really good seasons too. So maybe I'm, but I, I often do feel like maybe uh, when he moved to school, Bride, Neil McLaughlin, I probably kind of, it was in amongst so many quality players. It was like, I probably expect them to stand out more. But when you're, when you're playing with quality, it's, it's hard to stand out. But he's certainly done it, you know, the last three games of the start of the season. And he's, you know, he's still, I still rate him highly as ever. No, he's obviously he's a he's a quality player and he's always always has been, but um you hope you always find that with Neil with it. Um and obviously I think East Coast Bay obviously didn't made a bit made a few changes during the summer and, and maybe we'd have thought who knows if Neil would have stuck around and good. I'm glad he stuck around because he's uh, he's a quality player and he's also shown that now um, at the start of the season he's had. Um elsewhere then, um one of the teams that probably surprised me is, at the moment is uh, University of Stirling. Um, sitting what second top of the league, uh, they got a five 0 defeat off a Derby to start. I think we've talked about Derby um, already. We, we thought they're in for a probably tough, tough season. Um, certainly losing five 0 to uh, University of Stirling just kind of compounds that a little bit more. The bunch of students say, "No, um, it's a really good start." Um, I was actually, I don't think I'll mind me saying, I was kind of messaging Chris back and forth for a wee bit yesterday, just talking about football as we as we do sometimes and. Uh, yeah, it's been a really good start for them. Um, Dalbiti, I mentioned the fact that I, f- I think we're a wee bit worried about them. Um, obviously, they've changed manager. A lot of their their mainstays that had been there for years, it'll take a lot. It'll take time to gel, and that's true with any team that sort of changes up. Even you know the likes of Broomhill, we know their quality, um, but again, it's gelling time as well with Dalbiti. Obviously. A lot of the boys, I think, are, are making the step up rather than down. Um, you know, in terms of where where they used to be uh, with their playing career. So, I you look at that result and think that's that's a tough one. Obviously, they got beat by Edinburgh Uni as well on the um, on the opening day as well. So it's yeah, I'm probably more more concerned about they'll beat it than I was Stirling Uni. I don't think they've missed a beat. You know, they did lose a lot of key players. Obviously, Connor Dorn, we've mentioned. Um, they, they didn't lose as much of the sort of the seniors um, that people think. You know, it's not like a complete overhaul with their squad. They're still really good players in there, obviously. Um, you know, Marcus Lavery. I keep mentioning Team of the Month, but Mar- Marcus Lavery was in uh, the Team of the Month. He's been kind of filling in at centre-back and done really well. Uh, Callum Ray doing really well. It's good to see Jason Jarvis, obviously, um, you know, getting amongst the goals, James Stokes, James Berry. Um, they've, they've still got a core there that I think they'll be successful and they always seem to sort of be, you know, at least 10th, um, which seems always be, it's always like their, um, their spot in the league is, is usually 10th. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was looking at something recently made by... Um, Drummond Calder, who's a East Stirlingshire fan, who um, who does like the the sort of history. Uh, I got sent something recently where he had done an all time Lowland League, and interestingly enough, a lot of people probably don't realise this, but Stirling Uni are actually third all time, just under uh, East Kilbride and Spartan. So they have been successful in the past, and they certainly have been a you know a mainstay in the league in terms of being founding members and and doing really well. So yeah. You can never count out Sterling Uni. Chris Geddes is, I mean, he's won awards. 
uh, probably didn't give enough praise for that, but he's won, you know, uni awards and, and stuff like that for his coaching and management. And we all rate Chris, we all rate the job he does at Stirling Uni in terms of, you know, the push and the pudding with, with some players going higher up and or at least sort of maintaining the level um, the level they're at. So, yeah, uh, can't can't praise Chris. You know, I don't want to suck up to him because I have to speak to him and I, I know he loves it. So, <laughs> just point I know he hasn't still still hasn't sent me a university Stirling hat. Uh, I'm still still waiting patiently for my university Stirling cap. Um, did he promise you that? Did he? <laughs> Well, I, 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 I'm not going into too much detail, but I helped out Chris one time, and I mentioned the hat, and I thought maybe one day he'll send me a cap, but never seen it, never seen the cap. Because uh, <laughs> obviously, I've got a, 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 an admiration for Chris and his, his hats, uh, and his post-match interviews. Uh, I do love a post-match interview, no matter what team, team it is, I just sit and watch them all Sunday morning, usually, uh, across the board, but uh, I was one of the ones um, that... I remember. Uh, the only other game then, the, the, the only one I talk about then, Berwick Rangers beating uh, Gretna 3-2. Um, obviously, called this very early on that I felt that, that Gretna were going to struggle. Um, it looks like that's going to be the case in terms of um, where they are, sitting rock bottom of the league. They haven't won a, won a game. Um, shipped, what, 12 goals in three games, which is far from ideal for um, Gretna's perspective. Um Berwick, obviously getting back on up, getting getting a win, uh, back on the board. It was a weird one because I was at the obviously at the at Civil, and I checked the the, the score, and obviously Grantham were, were winning two 0 at the time. I often thought Stephen Hatfield would never play two strikers, but obviously had Russell Curry and um, Ben Spellman. Ben Spellman, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, you know, that's. That's great, and obviously they were they were, beat, they were beating Berwick two 0 and thinking, wow, this would be a massive result for them because obviously I'm on record as having Berwick Rangers as my dark horses, and if they lost to Gretna, I mean, early that's you know it's almost devastating for that prediction. Um, you know, looking ahead at who they have to play and whatnot, with all due respect to Gretna, but um, yeah, it just seems like. I mean, I think they what was it Sterling Uni as well. They kind of they were in that game. It seems like they're probably not used to holding a lead. Um, you know, Berwick came back in the second half. I think what was it Lewis Baker um, that they got the first one. Then a uh, Lewis Allen double. I mean, we were talking up Liam Buchanan's transfer from Cowden Beef, but it looks like Lewis um, Lewis Allen's done really well. Obviously, he was in the the team. I keep mentioning the team a month and kind of just typing up a wee bit. (laughs) You've got to plug it in. But yeah, uh, Lewis Allen seems to be the the key man. And he's just continuing on from the sort of towards the end of last season. So it's good. But yeah, Grenner just have to kind of learn how to to hold leads. And um, I'm sure, obviously, Jonathan Ellison will be a wee bit disappointed with that result, considering that would have been massive. Even even a draw there, I think, would have been a really good result. but it's a team that, again, with all due respect, we mentioned Jalen, Gretna. There is a couple of lads that have been been there and played played with each other before. I mean, but they they, they did lose quite a lot as well. So there probably is this Jalen uh, time that needs as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm again. I'm not kind of on the same wavelength as you, Ben. Where I think they're I'm more worried about Gretna than Dalbiti. I'm certainly more worried about Dalbiti and Edinburgh Uni than Gretna. In fairness to Edinburgh Uni, they got a decent draw against uh, East Orlinger and they obviously have got a win as well over Dalbiti. So, um, 
I think it's going to be interesting at the bottom as much as it is at the top in the Lone League. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it already, I mean, there's, there's what four teams on um, three different no wins, and um, they'll be also only played two games, but the rest of them are on three defeats already. And um, you probably look at Gretna. I think for me, the one thing for Gretna that stands out is that strike force. I think if you talk about mm-hmm. Russell Curry and, and Ben Spellman, we talked about Ben Spellman quite a bit um, last year at Edinburgh Uni. Um, I hadn't realised that actually joined Gretna, um, certainly, um, and maybe that transition from playing uh, the Bayonne to, to go to Gretna is probably one of the ones that maybe a wee bit more difficult. We, we mentioned Russell Curry. I think he's a, he's a player that has been um, popular, um, certainly from a few West teams. I think we're quite interested in Russell Curry um, last season. Um, but he's obviously chose to stick to a, a, a team player nearby to, to where he lives. And he's certainly he's, he's a player with pedigree and knows what the goal is. And um, that's maybe if, if they can get the service out of those guys and, and, and create the chances that they need to get goals and then Gretna will be okay but um, certainly from, from what I've seen or heard from, from Gretna so far it doesn't sound all that great um, you mentioned I'll beat you there as well um, I think we called it we knew it was going to be tough for them um, in terms of that transition and, um, with the new manager and, and, and I'll be honest I really really hope they'll beat you do well because I really like John Wilson I think we mentioned this the other day yeah. but um, we've got a lot of time for Jordan. Um, young manager, obviously trying to make way in the in the game as a as a as a, as a coach. And, um, but then obviously we get Cumberland Colts as well, who have started pretty poorly. Cowden Beath, obviously coming down from the um, the SPFL, started pretty poorly as well. And you wonder maybe Cowden Beath are they, are they a team perhaps that maybe are going to get really pulled into this and, and uh, not seen an awful lot from them as yet that says that they're going to be. Um, be safe for three games in, but certainly, um, I think if you're a county fan, you're going to be worried, I'm, I'm sure. That's that's I, I, I said this last time we were on, but I, I don't rate their chances. I think mid table at best. Um, the more I look at to be fair, they've played some really informed teams. Obviously, they got beat by Gala, who are two up <laughs> again, probably another surprise package early on. Um, but Danny Galbraith, obviously coming back, was was kind of huge for them. And there's guys that are really sort of approaching their prime in terms of the, the Gala squad. So um, I think it's uh, yeah, it can be for interest. I, I, I'm not concerned at the moment in terms of them being right at the bottom. But certainly, if you're a kind beef fan, um, yeah, like you say, it will be a wee bit worrying because um, you're. I don't know how many kind beef. Fans probably expect them to be quite high up in the lone league or new off the standard, but certainly uh, they probably weren't expecting to get beat by, off by the likes of Galafaridine Rovers and and teams like that. So it's um, I, I think it'll be an eye opener for for a lot of these sort of. But that's always the case with the you know when SPFL um, teams come down, they they probably. I'm sure there's probably fans um, that expect, oh, this is an easy league, we'll just go yeah, back yeah, up. Yeah. It's never that case, is it? No, I think I think obviously you've got a mixture there of teams that um, obviously are good sides and just quite haven't got, got through the into the promotion because obviously the promotion relegation situation within uh, SPFL to, to Lowland and Highland League is, is pretty poor. Um, these teams expect to, to come down and be able to... Uh, trample through the, the the good sides and it's certainly certainly not the case. I think um it's going only only going to get worse for the SPFL teams is, is the um the West and the East um to 
tier six sides start to come through and um obviously they're still going to be priced slow in terms of obviously that promotion relegation but the, the longer that goes on you're certainly going to find that it's going to be more difficult as these teams come down because they're probably going to find out you're going to get your your Ockenlech, your Darvels, your Linlithgow Rose um, these sides are, are going to probably when you see in the Scottish Cup you'll find that these teams are going to compete not a problem um, across the board Alright, um, we're moving on. We're going to cover off um, the, some of the other uh, matches in the different uh, divisions across um, Tier 6 and below. I can only see one match in the south of Scotland. Um, Nisdale Wanderers um, were beating 5-1 off of Lockhart Thistle. Huh? I did mention Lockhart Thistle. I think they would do well this season. I did get a wee bit of a stick by, by Shove saying uh, well, they covered south of Scotland for two <laughs> minutes. But look, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to make things up in terms of my knowledge, I, I do think with Freeve moving over to the West and obviously St. Cuthbert's, you know, Jordan's moved up, It's I think it's difficult unless you know the players um, and the level. Um, certainly, in terms of you, Ben, obviously, you know the West really well. You work with Kilwinnan. I've worked, you know, worked with Lone League teams and, you know, I've been cover, <laughs> covering the Lone League for about four years and East of Scotland, I know, because um, obviously players that are coming from the Lone League and I've, I've caught a few East of Scotland um, games and whatnot. So, it, it's, South of Scotland is difficult. It's just because we've never really fully focused on that, in fairness. Um, but yeah, I don't want to make predictions if yeah, my knowledge yeah. isn't there. Uh, you know. I think it's one of those, but probably we'll cover the results and, and give them the mentions. But um, certainly, I were not um, experts of the. Yeah. Uh, the South of Scotland League, and as I said, I can only find one one game took place um, yesterday um, in the South of Scotland uh, Football League, so um, we probably can't spend too much time on it if, if that's the case. Um, so <laughs> apologies to Shove um, if we don't have the information at hand, then it's going to be pretty pretty um, challenging. Uh, just moving across into the the East of Scotland uh, quickly, couple of results here: Junefield Swifts beat Lovian Lovian for Hutchinson Vale three one. Decent result for Junefield. Yeah, uh, kind of expected, to be honest. I think Lovian struggled a wee bit last season. Certainly they've lost a, a, a few players. Um, but Lovian are a funny one because, obviously, when you think of the name Lovian, Fissel, Hutchie, Vale, it's always the, the sort of youth element. Um, you know, the history we're making players and certainly they've got history of having maybe, you know, amongst the, the best young players and, and you know, uh, Lovian and... Um, I, yeah, uh, no surprise. Genefield are all, often a solid team. I've kind of got no concerns of them being quite high up in the, the east of Scotland again this season. Um, yeah, straightforward result, really. A good result as well for uh, for Socky, uh, 4-0 against Tynecastle. Uh, obviously, a lot, got a lot of time for Socky, and uh, good to see them kind of start the season with a, a good, convincing victory. Yeah, again, Tynecastle are kind of similar in the sense of the youth set up where, you know, to, to Lovian. Um Socky, yeah, we're, we're kind of fond of Socky, aren't we? Especially yeah. when they're in the Cups. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, a uh, decent result. Uh, but again, uh, probably, you know, nothing outdoor, nothing to raise an eyebrow at um, in terms of who they were playing. The other one that probably stands out, Linlithgow Rose, Blackburn United, one all draw. I thought expected Linlithgow to get, get a result there, but um, Black, Blackburn, sorry, uh, managing to get a point. Yeah, it's very weird because... Um, <laughs> I swear all my predictions um, in terms of being who's going to win the league, obviously we'll probably get in with the West as well, but um, 
was it East East Cobride lost their first game. Linlithgow rose through, and obviously my prediction for the West uh, lost their first game. So I've maybe jinxed them. I'm sorry, lads. I've, I've maybe jinxed them. But but in fairness, Blackburn United is a good community club. Do a lot uh, in terms of their profile and stuff like that. Don't really know too much about their team this season. Certainly, they've had a few guys on loan from like Livingston and that, and previously. I need to actually look at their team. Um, not got around to that. This is what happens when you have to to focus on what hundreds of clubs you you kind you you kind of have to um, pick and choose, and and then I'll get I will get around to their team eventually. But no, I am. Um, Decent, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Rose will be disappointed to draw that though. All right, the final game then in the East of Scotland, uh, Pennycook uh, won two 0 uh, to against Tundonald Bluebell. Yeah, um, I, again, I got a wee bit of stick for not mentioning Pennycook from uh, Dougie Penman. He was like, "You never mentioned us." Um, everyone knows that I like Pennycook. I think they they're a really good team. Uh, playing against ten men, I think for Andy Forbes got sent off, um, but they came out. You know, they overcame a, a Dundonald Bluebell team that I put as my dark horses with Stephen Husband in charge. Um, that's an excellent result. Yeah, but Pennycook, ah, Stephen McLeish is probably one of the you know the better managers in East of Scotland in terms of his experience. Um, he knows exactly what he's doing. They have lost a few key players, obviously, Nicky Reid and Kieran Watson going to FC Edinburgh. So, um, I, yeah, they'll be a top team again, I think. It's just... They're probably not as far as last season in terms of their top team. In terms of, in, in my mind anyway, but, you know, I said to Dougie, I shouldn't be saying this in, on the podcast, but I would love it if Pennycook won, won the East of Scotland, obviously. But, um, yeah, I still think Lundlifko are probably the strongest team in that league. No favours, but is that, is that one of those ones? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, moving on to the, the West Scotland uh, Football League. We'll start with Premier Division. Uh, it was a 3-1 victory for Claybank against Atherley. It was a 3-1 victory for Bede against Canvas Line Rangers. Coming up, defeated Darvel 2-1. Uh, it was a draw between Hurlford United and Kirkintar Rob Roy. Uh, Largs, Thistle and Glen Afton drew 1-0. Uh, Pollock beat Peters Hill 3-1 uh, away. Uh, Auchinleck beat uh, Troon away as well, uh, 2-1. And, of course, Cohen Rangers beat Evan Meadow. Uh, 3-1. <laughs> uh, just I'll leave that one till the end. Well, well, mentioned it. Obviously, let's go uh, with Darrell getting beat by Cumnock. I know you you've talked a lot about Cumnock, obviously, in terms of them being kind of um, you know probably going to do a bit better than everyone expects. Certainly, you you may have called that right. Uh, one game in, Ben. Uh, one, one game in. I. I mean, I mean, one one game in. I think. Um, yeah, I think Brian McGinnis is a good manager. And, and I think the signs were there when he came in last year that he was building a team and obviously he was kind of probably working with, with what he had, um, certainly from what was, was brought in um, in the summer and what was there from before and things like that. So um, it was probably fortunate that, that um, the previous manager got uh, guys like um, Jordan Moore um, into the side and he was obviously sticking around for um, from last season. Uh, definitely would say that that come look at a team on the up and, and looking at what what they did yesterday. I think um, you probably look at the game. I've watched the highlights already, and uh, you probably see a draw was probably a fair result. But uh, Big Jamie Barkley's made a cracking save um, right at the, the kind of towards the end, and, and come look have just been up, up up on the break and scored. Darvo had a, a man sent off. I think kind of midway through the game, 
which has probably affected them. McKendy was on Twitter saying it wasn't a red card, and then about half an hour later, come back and said it was. Um, so that was quite interesting because he's seen the, the video. But um, it's one of those. I think um, the first game of the season for Darvel. Um, we know Darvel are quality, quality side. Not, just because he could be off coming up, that's not going to change. Uh, but what I would say about Darvel, um, Kenny Young, the fixture secretary at the West Scotland, must absolutely hate Darvel because they start <laughs> they start the season with um, home to Cumnock, then Auckland like Talbot, then the Buffs um, in their first three matches. Now that is an absolute stinking setup of fixtures. If you've ever seen anything like it, I mean, obviously we'll move on to Auckland like just shortly, but they're obviously a great side still, and um, to get that and obviously co-winning and we're a new team in terms of what we've built this year and we could be anything but um, I don't know if you'd be wanting to play those three teams in your first three games of the season certainly Never went unnoticed that two players are now transfer listed after the first game, uh, but a weird one Aye, that's a, that was an odd one uh, Craig Little and uh, Ryan Thompson uh, were literally transferred like, I mean, minutes after I think the game finished, they were put up, it was put up on social media that if you wanted to sign any of those players to get in touch with with Darvo, I don't know. Obviously, both players weren't in the the lineup um, on on Saturday at all. They weren't even in the squad, so um, I don't know if there's been something maybe yeah. said there that that's meant that upset those players. And um, I mean, both decent enough players for for this level. And um, I don't know from from what I've seen of I've seen of Darvo's yesterday. Defensively, didn't look great. Um, so I don't know, maybe. Um, that's been upset there. But Ryan Thompson is a very good player, and I think he's definitely could go to our West Scotland team, no problem, and um, do quite well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, we'll watch a space in terms of Darvel, but as I said before, they're still a, they're still a quality side. There's no there's no denying it. You've seen that the in the game in the highlights, plenty of chances. They created plenty of chances. The guys are signed. Obviously, mentioned Chris McGowan, uh, former bus player. He's a great left back. Uh, started yesterday. Ross Beacon. Uh, comes in as well and he's a great great player so two great fullbacks and they look like they're creating a lot of chances from, from those areas we've mentioned Scott Ferguson and Lewis Morrison before great great players up front and guys like Ian McShane are never going to change they're still still quality guys in the, in the middle of the park so they've got players they've got quality and they've got depth that'll be a thing they can they can go into the game next week against Auckland like Talbot and probably change that whole squad if they wanted to um, and still be competitive uh, right, next game then, uh, Troon 1, uh, Auckland Lake Talbot 2. Um, from my all accounts, um, it, it looked like a, a fairly close game from between the two for most of the, most of the match, but Auckland Lake showed a class as ever um, and, and got the victory. Yeah, Talbot, for me, I think the interesting thing is obviously uh, Dwayne Hislop retired recently. Um, it seemed to all be out of the blue, obviously. Mark, Mark Shanklin's taken a bit of a break from football. Um, you know, we hope he's all right, and um, hopefully he takes his time. You know, comes back to to Talbot as 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 good as he ever was. And Stephen White obviously um, joined the coaching staff. I don't actually know. I don't think they announced if he was playing or not. I didn't I didn't I'd, see the lineup. I'd imagine, the I'd imagine he'd probably be be registered as a player and, and be available. I think if you're probably looking at uh, Auckland Lake in terms of succession planning, Tommy. Tommy Sloan's not getting any younger as a, as a manager. Um, yeah. Stephen White's possibly the kind of person in waiting maybe to take, take on that role. Um, at some point, he's a very, very experienced player. Um, joining the coaching staff at Auckland Lakes, but a great move for him. Um, 
obviously we're not saying that Tommy Sloan's going to leave Auchinleck anytime no. soon, but um, the the natives down Auchinleck, if they have a poor season, you probably want a new manager in, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did promote from within and bring in somebody like, um, like Whitey, um, or perhaps Gordon Pope, uh, who's currently at Whitley's, and obviously Auchinleck um, legend, but um, certainly for me, yeah, I mean, those guys moving on makes it a bit interesting. They haven't probably strengthened too much because they've probably kept most of the squad together um, from last year, Auchinleck. But I mean, the thing about Auchinleck is that they're always going to be, um, yeah. they're going to be class uh, for sure. The, it's just a big loss, obviously, in terms of three midfielders just sort of going like that, you know. But you mentioned obviously um, Stephen White potentially being the, you know, down the line being Talbot, uh, future Talbot manager. But the amount of Managers in the West that played for Talbot and were success successful players for Tommy Sloan. I mean, it's obscene. It really is obscene. Yeah. Um, so I mean, any. I mean, they could probably just have a committee of managers all sort of managing Auckland like Talbot from from the West of Scotland League. But um, one big WhatsApp group of <laughs> um, managers: James Latter, Colin Spence. Um, it's crazy. It honestly is There's still three just in one game yesterday involved in uh, X fucking Lex. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, those guys have, have learned, obviously, from, from the best in terms of coaching uh, under Tommy. So, you can probably see that that, that shines through um, in their belly. Right, where are we go next, Chris? What game do you want to focus Let's on? Let's go with Pollock. We never, we, I think we were meant to speak about them last, last time, but we, we kind of never got around to it. So, um, obviously, I think we'll do well this season. Not saying you don't think they'll do well this season, but um, yeah. What were your thoughts on Pollock? Yeah, obviously three three one victory against uh, Peter's Hill. Peter's Hill being the, the, the new boys in the uh, the Premier Division. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not massively convinced on Pollock if I'm being honest in their business I've done this season. Um, I was very very shocked that Marty got a, a four year deal or something like that um, during the uh, the close season because they had a poor poor end to last season and a four year deal seems like a like a, a big one for them, but I mean, good win for Pollock. Obviously, he gets on the board, and Peter Hill, I mean, probably, um, but I mean, felt lucky to take anything from that game, but there'll be tougher tests for Pollock, obviously, this coming up. Yeah, yeah. I, I still think they're still quite impressed with their signings. Um, you know, I, I think they'll still do well. What were they for last season? So, um, probably there or thereabouts. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see with that one. I know it was it was always interesting talking to you about Pollock. <laughs> so another team that was promoted, obviously, Canvas Lang Rangers. Your old mate, uh, Chris Strain, took beef there and, and beat them. Uh, what were your thoughts on that result, Ben? I did result for, for Chris, obviously, 3-1 um, away at Canvas Lang. wasn't too sure how, how they would get on as a, in the season. Um, so far, he's been and done a bit of business, putting Andy Monk from... Uh, from Broomhill, I know a guy that we talked about a lot last season with uh, with Moza, and uh, kind of more probably more so during the, the the kind of lockdown period when we were watching the kind of games and the live streams. Andy Monk looked like a, a real handful for um, for Broomhill. So yeah, I mean, great result for for Beath and um, obviously Chris looking to got took that job, looking to bounce back from after leaving the Buffs, and uh, obviously wishing well. Got a lot of time for for Chris out. Of, um, Outside of football, I talk to him fairly regularly, and he's um, well, a good guy. And um, well, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I'm looking forward to, to playing against him. I think one of the games that we're moving to Friday night is going to be a B versus Cowan, and 
uh, at Buffs Park, so that'll be a, an exciting game, and I'm sure that'll be one that will attract a lot of um, a passive co-winning football fans because um, of the, the nature of that kind of Chris coming back to the Buffs Park. But yeah, I mean, decent result. Uh, they sit top of the league based on them being alphabetically first because yeah. I think three teams won 3 1 yesterday. So um, <laughs> that's the only way they're top of the league at the moment. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they go. I think will they, will they win the league? Don't think so. Um, but I mean, they should probably finish um, probably kind of the top end of the table. And uh, see Chris is a good manager, knows how to find players. So we'll, we'll certainly see what happens. Yeah, so no other games in the West End. We don't have to talk about any other team. Like, obviously, we, as you say, we'll we'll leave the your your beloved uh, Kilmarnock Rangers till last. They were playing against obviously fierce rivals, Urban Meadow. Um, what was it? What was it? You were at the game, I think, Benny. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. I've got, got my duties. Got my my media duties. I had my media team there. Uh, I was taking a bit of stick in the the old. West of Scotland media group chat because I was rocking up with a team of um, four yesterday. Um, I mean, I mean, we are we're doing we're doing bits in, in the media game at the moment. I've certainly um, got myself. I've got guys who's does my my video editing. Um, David who, who's on the camera and um, Vary who's our, our goalie, um, a goalie sister who's on to taking taking photos for us. So um, we always rock up to. These away games now, we are an absolute squad, so uh, I was taking a bit of stick for that the other day for having a bit of a team. But yeah, I mean, obviously, com- coming back to the football, 3 uh, 1 victory for us, uh, first game of the season, absolutely delighted with that. Um, obviously, been a massive changeover at, at Buffs um, since since Chris left, and uh, David Gormley's come in and um, signed probably, well, I think, at last count, 15 players. Um, between the first team and the yep. kind of some of the 20s boys that we've brought in as well and can develop and get uh, boys. Um, positive signs from what, what I've seen yesterday. We're creating a lot of chances. We've got kind of guys and Gab Miller and uh, Connor Bolger on the wings who are, are rapid and they've got a trick in them. And uh, come back to your tricky wingers, Pat or Chris, that's probably what we've got there. Um, with those guys, we're playing two up top as well, which is um, also quite. Um, Quite interesting from our perspective, Thomas Collins and uh, Dylan Mackin um, up front. Dylan coming from Stirling. And, uh, Thomas Collins was also there from, from last season. He'd been at obviously Broomhill and uh, our BSE and, uh, and Stenny and East Fife and things like that in the last couple of years. And he's came to, to us last year as our top goal scorer. Started the campaign with two um, yesterday. So, I mean, always nice to beat beat the Meda. I mean, that's, that's the thing we'll always say is an absolute delight to, to get a result at Meda Park. And, um, didn't see an awful lot from Meda to say I'm that, but I think I mentioned them a few weeks back on the podcast. I think they they might struggle. I didn't see anything more from them yesterday to say that there'll be any they'll be any better off. But I, I, I will caveat that again with the fact that if they do start poorly, they probably will bag the managers and get someone else in who uh, will probably see them at safety because I think they've probably got a bit of budget there that they can spend money and, and go and get players and. Um, maybe not so much like a, a team. Maybe like if you were like a, a Peters Hill or a, a Canvas Lang or an Arthurley or Rob Roy or Largs, who if you were at the, towards the bottom, you maybe struggle to to make a lot of major changes to, to get yourself out that um, that bottom of the league. But yeah, great great result for us. We move on to Trun on um, on Saturday at Buffs Park. Okay, a good day there. Obviously popular at Trun as well. So uh, looking forward to that. And then we play Darvel the following week. So. Decent run for us in terms of fixtures, just obviously 
like uh, make sure the guys continue to jail, keep doing things the right way, and I think they'll, they'll, they'll do great this year. Good, good, happy with that. No, no trouble with that with the no, running. Yeah, I mean that, that's very, very surprising. I mean, um, I've been to Meadow Park a couple of times now, and uh, there has been a bit of bother, and um, kind of took abuse a few times. Get scalped in the back of the head by a lighter before, but I mean, we sat in the stand where the the young team normally sit, and the game passed by with no with no real um, issues. There was no real major chant before. We've had issues with them chanting kind of offensive stuff at players and managers and things. The game just passed by like a normal game. It it, it almost didn't feel like a derby. I'll be honest. Um, there wasn't that kind of bite that that we're used to um, certainly and. Um, I don't know. It's why good. That is. It's good sometimes, eh? Because you don't yeah, really I mean, want all the, the abuse stuff. But yeah. I mean, you still want it to be a derby. But no, nah, it's good to hear. No, nah, I, mean, I was. I'm got to give them credit. There was there was no there was barely a, a word said. As I say, I was sitting in the the stand. We, we filmed just kind of off the stand at the top top of a staircase, and um, myself and and Gaz um, sat in the stand yesterday. Um, I'm sitting. We're both sitting in Buffs polo shirts and. Um, didn't really have any issues. I mean, we probably actually had a bit of banter with the guys around us and just kind of were talking about the game in general and things like that. There was no, um, there was no, no major, major drama at all. And either, either, uh, either way, I would just like to shout uh, out to, I think one of the other medal fans took ill at the game and I think um, had to go to hospital. So I just hope um, uh, pass on our regards and hope hope he's all okay. Um, yeah. I hadn't heard uh, last night, but certainly I know there was a bit of a kind of emergency at half time so uh, hope all, all is well is there but uh, yeah I mean back to the, the match great result for us and we'll just kick on and, and see what happens next yep alright well that's pretty much it then from the uh, the official catch up for, for another week I hope you've enjoyed that uh, Chris where do we find the usual stuff on our social media uh, official catch up is at official catch up easy as that um, we are at Lonely Catch Up on Facebook. We're pretty much on every um, podcast site now, Audible as well now. Spotify, I actually put up the video version on Spotify, which is um, kind of new for us. Obviously, I think it goes video and audio anyway. So, yeah, so you can either see our faces or you don't have to. It's up to you. I mean, I'd prefer that you didn't see my face, but that's just me. <laughs> but no, um yeah, exciting. It's all about getting back into routine, isn't it, Ben? And then we can Absolutely, yeah. take it forward. I think we're when we record on what's Sunday, so we we'll obviously hope to, to get this done most Sundays and get out early doors and um get the get the ball rolling, get all your um non league football coverage. But uh, thanks again for listening uh, and we'll catch you all soon. Cheers.